The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the third chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him. John would have prevented him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? But Jesus answered him, Let it be so now, for it is proper for us in this way to fulfill all righteousness. Then he consented. And when Jesus had been baptized, just as he came up from the water, suddenly the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, the Beloved, with whom I am well pleased. This is the Gospel of our Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Please be seated. Almighty God, through the waters of baptism, you call us to be your beloved daughters and sons. You welcome us into the home that we call your church. You strengthen us by the gifts that you've given us through these waters to sing your glory and your praise. And you strengthen us by those same gifts to trust in you that Even through death, new life and new life in you is what waits for us. Strengthen us by these promises this day, good God. And as we reflect on the word that you've given us and the baptism of your own son, help us to always keep these promises close in our hearts and on our lips. All these things and all the things of our hearts we lift before you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. You know, I know you're not supposed to hate anything. But I absolutely hate walking around with wet feet. Walking outside in the rain... Getting your shoes wet because it's just pouring so hard or you find that one puddle that didn't look as deep as it was. Your shoes get all soaked and you walk around sloshing everywhere. It doesn't happen often, but when it does, there's normally not a very quick opportunity to be able to change your socks and your shoes. And so you're left for at least half a day walking around with wet feet. I can't stand it. Walking around the house, right, and going through the kitchen and finding that ice cube that melted that you thought slid up underneath the refrigerator, but no, there it was. And now it's all soaked up into that one spot on your sock and half dry and half not. I've always been that way. It makes me uncomfortable. It makes my skin crawl a little bit. And I would bet that not many of you feel very differently about that. Everyone has that thing, that thing that that causes us some level of discomfort, makes our skin to crawl a little bit. And I wonder if that's how John the Baptist felt when Jesus came and said, baptize me. John camped out in the wilderness, eating locust and wild honey and wearing camel's hair and preaching about the coming reign of God over all creation, was thrown off 
not by the, the, the clothing or the diet or his living conditions, but by a man who said, baptize me. Wait a minute. You need to be the one baptizing me. And you come to me? This is wrong. This is backwards. It doesn't feel right. It doesn't make sense. John understood that his role was that of the servant. And as a servant, he was unworthy to even untie Jesus' sandals. I can almost see John's discomfort squirming a little bit. And I can see that discomfort wash away as Jesus insists this is what is proper and necessary to fulfill all righteousness, to complete and make whole everything that Jesus was about to do throughout the rest of the gospel stories. The one who would heal the sick and raise the dead, feed a hungry multitude and calm the stormy sea said, John... I know you don't feel qualified. I know this makes you feel uncomfortable. But this is important, and it's necessary, and I need you to do this for me. They didn't debate John's worthiness. Jesus didn't correct him or disagree with him. He just said, this is what's proper. John, I need you to do this for me. Jesus expected John to do something that he didn't feel qualified for. And he calls someone who is inferior to do something holy. The necessary work of the kingdom that sets us on the path to carry out the work of God. Jesus was asking John to walk around with wet feet be uncomfortable and squeamish, not because Jesus likes to watch people squirm, but because the work is necessary. Now what makes us think that God doesn't ask the same thing of us? The same thing of each person who would look to Jesus for that salvation wholeness. Jesus and his baptism were pleasing to God the Father, not because it was simply the right thing to do, but because it was necessary for us to begin to understand the kind of life that God calls us to live. Jesus' public ministry began with baptism. And it continued on through Galilee and Judea as he performed as many miracles and called his disciples. And he called those disciples to do what? To be baptized and to go out and do the same work. To perform the same miracles, to preach and teach and tell of the goodness of God. And by making more disciples. In 2,000 years as disciples of Jesus, what has changed, if anything? We all share the same baptism. We're all filled with different gifts from the same Spirit. We're all still called to the same work. 
God and God's kingdom. All right, we know this. Baptism isn't just an initiation rite. It is a welcome into the life and the family of God's people. Baptism is not just a a ritual mimicking of, of what Jesus did. It's being drawn up into his own death and resurrection. This is God's good gift for us. God doing something in our lives. The promise, the promise of Jesus' own death and resurrection life, drowning out our sinfulness, our brokenness, our discomfort, flooding our bodies with the Holy Spirit and setting us on the same path that Jesus walked. And where does that path lead him? Jesus' public ministry began with baptism and it ended when he breathed his last on a Roman cross. And we walk that same path, called to give of ourselves Physically and emotionally and financially and spiritually, despite the uncertainty beyond what is comfortable, even and especially when we feel unqualified. Speaking of what are our qualifications, right? At least John was out in the wilderness baptizing. What do we have? What makes us capable of following Jesus in this way? Why me and not Jesus himself or, or someone else greater or more powerful than I? As God is often fond of doing, the calling that we receive from God is the power to carry it out. That God trusts us to do the work is all that we need. But, as God is often fond of doing, God also provides us the opportunities to be formed, strengthened, and equipped for the ministry, the life that we're called to live. At baptism, we are entrusted with the responsibilities which work God's healing and blessing in our lives, the responsibility to live among God's faithful people, To hear the word of God and share in the Lord's Supper. To receive instruction. Instruction in the Lord's Prayer, the Creed, the Ten Commandments. To receive into our hands and trust and follow the words of Holy Scripture. To be nurtured by one another in faith and in prayer. So that we may in turn learn to trust God. Proclaim Christ through word and through deed, to care for others and the world that God has made, and to work for justice and peace in all the earth. The calling is our qualification. And make no mistake, we are called through these waters of baptism. Worship, fellowship, faith formation, Community building and and sharing the good news of Jesus' resurrection from the dead is both our gift and our call. But what does that look like? All right, it's good to talk about all this stuff, but 
how do we know that we follow Jesus' instructions faithfully and joyfully in the name of God? Wildfires consume thousands of acres, countless species of wildlife, and threaten an entire continent halfway across the world. Missiles fill the skies, people lose track of their loved ones, and the entire world is on the edge of wars, and rumors of wars fill our ears. Earthquakes cause the ground to tremble and buildings to crumble, and as dust and smoke fills the air, somewhere else in this world, rivers break their banks and homes are washed away as the flood rains come. In the scope of things, walking around with wet feet doesn't seem that terrible. But that's what we're called to do. To walk into those places of poverty and suffering and death with our feet still dripping wet from this font. It's then and in those places that we might begin to understand what God says to each and every one of us. You are my child, beloved. With you, with you, I am well pleased. Amen.